good day to everyone and please hold your applause until the end of the performance. As today, we'll be enjoying the sweet serenades of your light April. The smooth crescendos into the story of Aramikosi, the human mentor and his brief but moving rendition of his time with Kari Mezano. There you go, you actually crushed that one. Nailed it. But welcome everyone. As usual, you're stuck with not just me, not just me, but also Uchi. But also yeah. today you are blessed with our good friend, crazy cat lady, Julia. Julia, you're supposed to say hi at this point. So yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving this part in, by the way. Please do. Absolutely. Hello. Uh, Julia is a uh, Twitch streamer, cat aficionado, and uh, Maisie the dog friend. Friend of Maisie friend A of Maisie friends. the dog. I don't know if that's an okay thing to say, considering that. That's okay. Is it, though? I mean, the implication is simply that there's a lot of love there. Okay? That's fine. Yeah. We all love Maisie the dog. We all do. But let's jump jump right into this biz. I guess we have to, like, organize who's talking when. I had to think. I'm like, who am I asking first? But, uh, <laughs> Uchi. Like, I, like, I go first? Yeah, Uchi. Who's your best boy? Kosi. Yeah, easily. It's easy, Kosi. Like, come on. Julia, is your uh, best boy also Kosei? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Julia, who's your best girl? Kaori. I think you nailed it, genuinely. Yeah, I think you got it right, Kaori. I'm going to just reiterate for everyone that Julia absolutely just dabbed after that. <laughs> so, if there's any level of not taking the Your Lie in April episode seriously at all, it's at that, and it's perfect. I love it. I want to say, okay, don't get me wrong, I like Kaori. Yeah. But I think my best girl's uh, Subana. The best Subaki? friend, Subaki. She's lovely and cute and funny, and I love her dearly. She, she's she's awkward. She's funny. She's self conscious, but confident. She's such and a good dynamic. She's a great character, in my opinion. Yeah. Are there any waifus or husbandos in this show? Like, you, I don't. You didn't ask me my best girl. Come on. Bro. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It's because we're not friends anymore. Actually, Uchi. Podcast Whoa. podcast okay. ended with Uchi. Now Julia is my permanent co-host. I'm I'm so glad I shoehorned that in immediately and without remorse. Wow! Look, I got to use one of my favorite memes of all time within under five minutes of like getting into this episode. So let me tell you, I don't feel bad one bit. You don't feel bad at all. No. Okay. I told you I'd commit murder for you. Or, like, help you commit murder? Yeah. I guess 48 hours ago? And then, lo and behold, now I'm just replacing the podcast. You murdered my feelings. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, will you tell me your best girl now, though? My best girl is actually... I hope I pronounced the name right. Keshagi? Tsubaki's female friend. Oh, okay. She's real cute. She's such a I like her. Character. And she's, like, so, like, crass and straightforward. It's amazing. This grass boy, just like the like the best support friend ever. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. Are there any any waifus or husbandos? Actually, I know who the waifu is. It's Kari. It's no freak. <laughs> is it the teacher? Yeah, That's dude. Freaking duh. It's a great character. Kari's like fifteen. Yeah. It's illegal. Whatever the teacher's name is, Sensei. Yeah, Sensei, Sensei-chan. Whatever, I don't remember how the suffixes work. My brain is fried. Full context for anybody listening, my brain is toast right now. One this week like back the first time we were getting back at it, because like, you're working now. Yeah, I'm sadly. Semi, semi-working, like, I haven't officially started, but I'm back to waking up at like 7 a.m. again. Yeah. yeah, and then there's Julia, who's just had a job this whole time, and just balance being responsible. Like, Ugh. Ugh. Now I'm working, doing other things, and watching. Just curl into a ball and cry. It's fine. 
Hey, that's how I felt when I left work today. Wildly relatable. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how everyone feels when they leave work. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's like, man, I gotta do all this business tomorrow again, too. Ugh. Honestly, can you believe you leave work crying, then you go watch your light in April. Keep crying. <laughs> okay, to be fair, I had the Friday off, so I had that good cry, and then I kept crying, and I could just sleep in. So, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. But, but, what did y'all think about, like, the animation and art style, kind of, with, it, like, in contrast to the show, even, and how it kind of fit into everything? The animation, I think it's a pretty good animated show. It's, it's not a sports anime, it's not a shonen anime, so it's, it's not gonna be heavy on, like, animation moments of flair and stuff like that, right? So the show has to sell itself with its art style. And I think its art style is really great because it's fluctuates between like this like serious, like toned down look to these super comical moments where it goes like super cartoonish and over the top. And like I think those really work work well to balance out the sadness of that story. You know? Mm-hmm. Julia thoughts? I loved the art style overall. The part, like, the part of the art that I keep going back to is how the colors changed as you went through the story. And you can notice it. Um, and so it really kind of helped set the mood for what was coming. And yeah. I think, talking about how the colors changed, definitely when you see it in, like, the, the coloring of Kai. Like, as he progresses through the story and her sickness. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was, like, bright and colorful when you first meet her. And then she gets a little bit duller as it goes. One of the big things I think I enjoyed most about kind of the art direction and the presentation of this anime were the parallels that they consistently drew between, um, Kaori's mom. Or, sorry, not Kaori's mom. Um... Between Kaori and Kusei's mom in the hospital. And so when they, they really threw it in your face, which was good because it really pulled you together and kind of how Kusei was feeling and how he was like handling yeah. these things. And then it, I think one of the big things I liked, and we'll kind of touch on this a little bit later, one of the big things I really, really liked is that Kusei came out with some growth out of this, and he shut down completely when his mother passed away. Like, entirely. And he quit piano, he quit everything he could. And it comes around, and he realizes that Kaori gave him that same motivation that his mom did without the violence and abuse that came with it. So when she passed, it became more of something that was beautifully tragic rather than just tragic and crushing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm definitely, like, I agree with you a lot about that, those points, and I'm going to touch more about it when we talk about, like, the actual themes of the show, right? But, like, it definitely, I get what you mean when they're, like, there's a pile of King Curry and, like, his mom, right? Because, mm-hmm. essentially, we don't know the sickness that they both died from, right? I think it's implied it's the same disease. Right. Oh, I didn't even notice that it was implied. To be honest. Oh, I think I picked that up with the fact that his mom was it essentially ended up being wheelchair bound. Right. And for Kai, she had those moments where her <laughs> like, I... over, like where your legs don't work like they used to before. <laughs> <sighs> Look, I'm just gonna come out and say you're a bastard for saying that. <laughs> I am. also wanted my brain to go to the same place before you even said it. <laughs> okay, so look, everyone's, everyone's, I hope this isn't like an actually bad word, but everyone's a bastard but me. ACAB, yeah. ACAB stands for all co-hosts are bastards. ACAB. I want to use that as We're going to get that in mug shirts. <laughs> look, if we could sell like ACAB shirts as merch, I would. No. Anyway. 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 So, yes, this is where I already started talking about, like, the parallels between Kose's mom and Kari. I think now is a good time to, like, jump into some of, like, the themes of the show. And theme number one, loss. 
I heard that show didn't end well. The show didn't end well? I made a joke about Lost on an anime podcast. Uh, I really don't know how I thought that would come across, but... I mean, J.J. Abrams would be proud. <sighs> Thanks, J.J. Not even my favorite J.J. Anyway, uh, got some jet planes to talk about. There's a lot of loss in this show, and there's a lot of strife that comes with that loss. And honestly, the way that they really tackled it felt very visceral, and I thought that was impressive, and it made the show feel very vulnerable, despite a show not capable of technically being vulnerable, but they really, really implanted, or imprinted, pardon me, they imprinted that idea on on you immediately that this is going to be a concurrent theme. Yeah. I think one of the things I, I enjoyed, like, was pointed out is there's this YouTube of Mother's Basement, right? One of the things they used to do was analyzing shows' openings and, like, the meanings of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you actually pay attention to the first opening, it actually tells you that Clara is going to die. What? Yeah. Like, throughout the opening of the first show, there's, like, these moments where either Clara is, like, the most static character or everyone else is moving or she's on and it's, like, her eyes closed. You have stuff like doves flying off into the distance. You've got um, fireflies, which also represent death and reincarnation in the show. <laughs> I like hate this. I can see it in your face, I was right? I going to say, you, you, you doing okay, Joel? No. I mean, I'm, how do you do okay after your lie in April, though? Well, come on. I hope Man. you're ready, because I'm about to keep twisting this night. Just, honestly, if you're just about to lay down the law on, like, all of the themes that you wrote down, just do it monologue to me. I want to know. Okay, um, this is actually kind of interesting. Uh, do you remember the first time that Chloe collapsed and she was taken to the hospital and they walked into hugging a SpongeBob bath? Yes. you remember what she said? No. She's like, oh, now that you see me, I can never get married. Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. She knew she was never going to get married. I thought that was just a bit. Like, I thought that was just, like, a cultural bit. It feels like a cultural bit until you realize she already knew she was dying. <sighs> I, yeah. think, I think even without noticing it, I feel like the show really just puts loss out in front of you. And I think that's it kind does. of a really, really big part. But, I mean, they do it with forgiveness, too. And that's kind of the, the, the... We kind of did the backwards, I think, where loss was the second half of the show, but forgiveness was the first, where, where Kuse was already, like, forgiving his mother as he started I to think, play again. Okay. I think the reason why I wanted to start with, like, Lost is because Lost is, like, the obvious yeah. theme, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the forgiveness would be a bit more controversial. Yeah. Let's be honest, his mom abused him a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, what his mom did was not okay, but he chose to forgive her. And, like, I know how I feel about him forgiving his mom, right? But I kind of want to get you guys' opinion. Look, I'm not going to make a decision for an anime character by any means, unless it's funny. But if Kusei wants to forgive his mom for all the horrendous, awful things that she did, especially after passing then I am absolutely not going to be like, hey, you should grieve differently. You should not take the good with the bad. And I know I don't know if the good outweighed the bad because they don't give you that. But personally, I got to commend him for taking a bigger role in that situation, even though I don't think his mother deserved him doing that for her. Yeah. I don't know if he necessarily did it for her and more for him. Like, mm-hmm. it was more of, in the way I saw it, it was kind of, a growth opportunity. He clearly loved piano, and he struggled a lot after his mom died with finding that love again. And I think a lot of it was it just brought back all the memories of the bad and less of the good. And when he was finally able to kind of forgive her, it allowed him to start to see the part that he loved again. 
So it was, I feel like it was more for him than anything. And it was just kind of, I think it's like it's such a hard line. It's like, at what point, I feel like there has to be a little, in some cases, there has to be a little bit of forgiveness, but it's like, where is the forgiveness lying? Yeah. Who is it for? Where is it? What's yeah. the point of the forgiveness? And I think we see that a lot in this. And I think when they, in regards to giving a point to the forgiveness, the point is, like you said, for Kusei to grow and become a better person and what he wants to be and become a teacher and a friend and, in theory, uh, like, a partner as he forgives his mother and then more or less goes through the stages of grief again. Yeah. See, like, before I say my opinion, like, I love shows and movies, love media, like, they tackle forgiveness in different ways, right? Because I think forgiveness is a really hot, not hard topic to tackle, but it's a really broad topic because you can cover it in a lot of ways, right? Some shows put forgiveness out as this milestone that you have to do to move forward. Other shows put forgiveness as something that you have to give someone else for them to move forward. While you can either do forgiveness as something you do yourself to move forward, right? So, for me in this show, the forgiveness, like, I agree with Julia. I believe him choosing to forgive his mom was more for himself than his actual mom. Right? Yeah. Because I don't remember which person said this. They're like, forgiveness is a very personal thing. You cannot choose... You cannot choose to understand someone else's reason for forgiving a person. It's a damn decision, right? It's like how you can't force someone to forgive someone else, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we can sit here and be like, okay, I don't understand why Kosa chose to forgive his mom, right? But he chose to forgive his mom, and that was his opportunity to grow and move forward and pass it, right? Because he also chose that moment. And, like, he still understands, like, what his mom did was really messed up, right? Like, the abuse and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But he chose to remember the good moments, right? Because in his mind, like, I think he understands, like, maybe there's a clear turning point with, with his mom's sickness progressing, right? And she's not on the medication where I think you point out, like, the same thing was happening with Chloe where she'd have, like, wild mood swings, right? Like, I'm not saying, like, that was an excuse for the abuse, right? But he's saying, like, my mom has not always been like this, right? And, like, I want to remember in, like, the positive light and, like, out reaching to forgive her allows me to remember in the positive light. It also allows me to continue playing the piano. It's one of those, like, really interesting topics, right? Because, like, I don't know about, like, you guys, right? But, like, there have been people, like, that I've known that have done some really messed up stuff that I've forgiven, while other stuff I just can't forgive, right? And it's just kind of, like, one of those things. Yeah, and I mean, if he's using it to kind of elevate himself out of his depressive funk and kind of get himself into a new chapter, then all power to him. And, I mean, I didn't say it in very eloquent words by any means, but it is not on anyone else to really, like, judge too much. And you kind of went deeper into that and that it's a personal thing for him to use to grow. And he used it as a stepping stool to get out of his depression. And that turned the, more or less, into the whole second half of the show, where he's out of his depression, for the most part, and then he kind of falls back into it. And that's, the second half of the show, I guess, kind of brings along a lot of different stuff from the other characters, whereas the first half is much more uh, focused on Kusei. And so when you start getting into, like, the other characters and how he's affected everyone's lives and how he's affected so, so many people around him, like, through music and through things he does, it's incredible the way that they put these themes just on the table and elaborated on them, in my opinion. Yeah. The second half is very different. It's not very different from the first, right? But I think the second half, like, the first half is dealing with him escaping his depression. The second half is with him 
dealing with like not handling his depression, but like finding healthy alternatives and coping mechanisms, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like in the second half he has a longer lead up. Because I think by the end of it, he kind of knew, or like early on, he probably already knew that Kai was not going to make it, right? And it was him like going through all these stages of like avoidance and like this and this and all that stuff, right? Trying to come up to the point where like he's going to understand how he's going to deal with his depression, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like, you have other characters as well, not not dealing with, like, their depression, but not with, like, depression, but dealing with, like, with other feelings. And, like, learning from it, right? Because, like, I think the second half is where your light April turns into, like, now a coming-of-age story. Does it turn into a coming-of-age story? I don't think it kind of does. I guess. Like, it doesn't. I, I don't know. I guess I can kind of see it. There's character growth and whatnot. I don't know. I never really saw it until then, but yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's just not something I thought of initially. Yeah, that's good. listening and hanging out with us and being sad with us as a thank you to julia for being on the podcast with us we are going to give her full reign of the intermission so julia what is going on with your life and what would you like to talk about um my super awesome wholesome at least i hope it's wholesome community over on twitch at Twitch.tv slash crazycatladyjulia. You may get to see my pupper. Very cute pupper. What do you do? What do you stream most, Julia? Um, I do a lot of Call of Duty Warzone. And I've been playing a lot of Phasmophobia lately. And we are getting ready to start Spider-Man as well. Yeah, so if any of that's your cup of tea, make sure to check out Julia on Twitch, drop her a follow, drop her a subscription even, that would be super awesome, that'd be cool. The link to Julia's Twitch will be in the description. And thanks again everyone for hanging out with us, and we'll see you in the rest of the Hacktang episode. So one thing we kind of discussed before we got into intermission is there's one more theme that we want to talk about, and it's love and falling in love and finding your first love and understanding love as an adolescent, as a teenager, etc. Because this really plays into the entirety of the show in that love and the cutesy fun stuff is a mask the show uses to to loosen up your heartstrings, soften them up, and then swing at the feet and let you down and hurt you in a very comforting way. So, the one big thing I found with First Love is that everybody's working on First Love. And there's yeah. so many different levels of First Love in this show. Because there is a lot of folks who use music as their First Love or a passion, or a drive. I guess that's going to be a very all-encompassing theme. But there are Kusei's rivals, whose names elude me right now, and I'm in a bit of a janky recording situation, so I can't look them up. But... Uh, Emmy? Emmy's and the... The Dr. Girl? And Takashi? Takashi? Super Saiyan Takashi? Super Saiyan Takashi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, despite not really knowing it, they did have love for Kusei, which I thought was interesting. Even though it manifested in something more aggressive, you could probably make a case, maybe not so much for them, but you could make a case for Tsubaki, and maybe them to a degree, that their love manifested in frustration and anger for Kusei, and even like to a much, 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 much or extreme degree, his mother did the same thing to him. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, like they did it, and like Tsubaki kicked him in the shins because they're they're teenagers. Like it's don't get me wrong, it's a very loose connection, but there is some degree of violence that came with the love altogether. And maybe that's because they're teenagers. Maybe that's because they how they manifested it. But it really played into how everyone kind of interacted with Kusei and Kusei's world. The beat the love into you or something like that. I don't know. Jesus. I grew up in Africa. Like, every single migrant child knows. (laughs) It's not something I can relate to, so. (laughs) I'm going to absolutely just take your word for it. (laughs) But, like, listen, this is that moment where Cus's mom is absolutely wailing into him. That was not okay. Mm -hmm. And she tried to justify it by saying she's doing it out of wealth so that he could be successful. Yeah. one of those weird manifestations of love, right? Where um, in my mind, I was like, okay, I get where you're coming from. You live in a cutthroat society, you're in a cutthroat business, but that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, not love. Yeah, and the teacher even says, I can't remember her name either. I remember at one point distinctly says, like, that's not okay. You can't do that. Yeah, or the caretaker. I think it was. I think she was. No, the that same. was the teacher. Was I think the they teacher. were one the same. Were they not? Yeah, she got yeah. the hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. But love really pushes the whole plot forward because, again, that's the the soft spot and the nice spot that that warms you and makes you think maybe this will be okay. And I knew, and I think even Julia knew the whole time that this was going to be sad. I think everyone knew that. I'm not gonna lie. In the Discord chat, when it was like episode nine, like, I don't know if it was you or reasons who wrote to me. Like, I'm gonna be really sad when she dies. Oh, it was me. Yeah, it was like episode nine. I was like, man, you pick up on it real quick. Oh man. Well, when I, mean, I freaking talk to one of my friends, and they're like, "You're watching your line April," and they go, "Oh, you're gonna want a box of tissues." I'm like, crap. <laughs> See, the worst part is we voted for Bible Black, and you're also probably going to want a box of tissues for that, but for so, so, so many, many worse reasons. reasons. I might genuinely remove that from the podcast because Please I'm do. awful. <laughs> you tell me I can't make masturbation jokes on my own fucking podcast? It's bullshit. <laughs> is this what oppression feels like? <laughs> uh, one of the things, just because uh, Julia mentioned knowing the sad things, and you were talking about how the intro kind of worked. The imagery that came with it really, really helped. I think it became very evident that something tragic was going to happen to one of them, because the world that they were in was not tragic. Their characters, the side characters were not tragic. The story was not tragic. Even when... Because Kusei didn't care about any of the music competitions. It was just a funnel for the rest of the story. It's just a way for everyone to interact. I think that's what makes this show really sad right? It's the fact that they don't live in a world where people died because of, like, ex- extraordinary reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen my fair share of, like, really sad animes. I've watched like, Anahona, which has, like, supernatural animes. I've watched Nagano Escape, Elo in the Sea, right? Also supernatural fantasy, right? A lot of these shows, the world is inherently sad. Mm-hmm. While you're lying April, the world exists in this plane of right it's just a world like people go about their days there's no threat of like supernatural things happening so it adds this personal touch to the sadness because this is it's sad life story like this is someone's story coming to end like i think the best is like the fact that uh Corey's parents are also play a prominent role in the show right Mm. Like, not in the show for a lot of scenes, right? But, like, they play such a role. Because you have to watch them deal with, like, that that daughter dying and, like, having no control over that. Yeah. And they... I think that the, one of the nicest parts is how kind they were still... Or not that they wouldn't have been kind to Kusei, but the final scene where it's them giving the card to him was, like, very touching because... I, I don't agree that they played a prominent role by any means, but their side role was 
you know, maybe that is playing a prominent role now that I think about it a little bit. But their their side role was, was deeper than what a side character would normally be. I think I think the way she put it like a prominent role is like throughout the show the only two quote unquote parents you see you see okay there are four parents you see throughout the show, right? You see Curry's parents, you see Sensei, and you see Cross's mom. Yeah. Alright? Cross's mom abuse all that stuff. For that other right? But like the other three, right? They're just genuinely loving people and they care, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna count how many times you say right in this episode. That's <laughs> a in in exchange for uh, does Jordo know forever? Uh, how many times was Uchi right in this episode? I say right in less than way too many times. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. I mostly wanted to interject though, in just because you mentioned Sensei as a parent, that the faces of <laughs> her daughter. That's so amazing. Are so good. It's a whole mood board. So it's a whole cute. mood board. Well, especially because there's other kids close to her age. I'm mean, like, I think the... No, she's, what, five or something? Is she? Just, okay, I figured she was, really like, young. pretty close to a toddler. But, I mean, how old is uh, Super Saiyan... What's his name's sister? Oh, listen up. Uh, she's 13, I think. Okay, some of these ages are kind of fucking wild. Like, okay, where are these like lines are drawn? 14, but... Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. They just like made them like the parallels in the height. The height difference is huge. But I mean, like puberty's gonna do that. That's true. Like I'm pretty sure I grew like five inches in a weekend once. I'm deleting that. <laughs> oh my god! Look, <laughs> you know this really community. Just, you know just, every just... single person in this fucking community is a pervert. Yeah, sorry, Julia, yeah, you're lumped in with the perverts. But yeah, I'm 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 gonna delete that for your on your behalf. Yeah, <laughs> I drew five <laughs> inches on the weekend, dog. It's like, why did you say fucking weekend of all the things? Like, come on. <laughs> I I did that in myself. That's also going in the outtakes. I don't have a lot of outtakes for the other episodes, but that's going in some serious outtakes. The outtakes because I'm right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Julia, we are at our worst now that we have our first guest on. Actually, I'm at my worst most days. <laughs> Every day is a struggle. Every day is a struggle, man. Does okay. anyone remember what we were talking about? With a little girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, I I see what you mean though. Getting off topic of the 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 kid's absolute mood board of a face, I see what you mean in the parents playing a prominent role now because it makes more sense to say they didn't. When I thought prominent role, I thought something more consistent, but they played a more impactful role. Yeah. Is more so I think what you were getting at, and what, you know, not to say that you were wrong. It's just how I interpret it. But it's weird. Like the psychic is mystery. Sometimes they don't have. Like, I think I always look back at, uh, Keshagi, Subaki's friend, right? Mm-hmm. If you look, throughout the show, she doesn't have a lot of speaking moments, right? But yeah. every single moment, she's there always leaving a helping hand on, uh, Subaki. Yeah, the script economy for some of the, the side characters is incredible. Yeah. It's weird, like, you, you have your main characters, and you you love spending time with your main character, right? But all the side characters, it's like, they're not wasted time. Like, even Emmy and Super Saiyan Boy have <laughs> great moments in the show. I just love that he's the only one with anime hair in the whole show. The, the whole, whole show. show. There's no one else with anime hair, and then it's just BAM! BAM! Anime yeah. hair. I and it's not even close. Hair. It's not even close. There's not even someone with, like, an odd hair color. It's just, boom, his hair is everywhere. And it doesn't move. Can someone please explain to me how Kerry has blonde hair, but both her pants are brunettes? Recessive genes. Got him. Science. Owned. All right. Um, Nope. Yeah, I can't hear you. F. 
Because I hit the wrong button. <laughs> we have a whole outtakes episode for just this one. Let's I go. <laughs> I'm naturally blonde, and both of my parents have darker hair. All right. na- I don't naturally have purple hair. I don't believe you. I don't believe you either. You're an anime character. You're a weeb now. You're well, now it's turning blue, so. Okay. So, unnatural hair doesn't change color. Uh, I'm a science guy. Bill Nye, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, therefore, in conclusion of my synopsis, Julia is an anime character. Please let's say I can play the violin as well. Because that would be my husband. I uh, used to. Oh, and no. I wanted to get back <gasps> into it. You oh, should. No. I was genuinely thinking, because I started learning uh, early in the pandemic, I started learning how to play the, the, the keyboard. And I want to pick that up. I've been picking up my bass lately, though. But, I mean, that's not the same. That's not the same. If I could get my hands on a violin, I would learn how to play a violin again. I love the violin. I know this is going to probably make it into the episode, so I'm going to say just to keep twisting the knife into you guys' hearts. So... You remember when Chloe at the end is like, oh, I want to go on stage with you one more time, right? It never ended up happening. Do you remember Kari's dream when she was like a little kid? No, I'm terrified. She was like, oh, I want to, I want Chloe to be my pianist at campus like at least once. And she got it. She achieved her dream. Okay, honestly, that's cute and wholesome and I love it. I love it dearly. It's so cute. She like deserved it. Yeah. Yeah, that one didn't. That one didn't hurt me as bad. I knew where you were going with it as soon as you said her dream, but I was like, I was waiting for something a little bit, a little bit harder. Nah, I think I've run out of like three moments of like extra sadness in this show. Yeah, but the plot, the story is the sad part. Like that's the main driving factor of the sadness. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to talk, or I wanted to talk plot story, but I mean, there's not really a ton to talk plot story because this plot is minor because the story is the characters. Yeah. It's. I remember someone once said that a lot of shows, like some shows are like plot driven, some shows are like character driven. I think this is definitely a character driven anime. Incredibly hot take, in my opinion. Incredibly hot take, I know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, a lot of the kind of interactions with the characters are all that matters. Like, the time frame didn't matter outside of a few kind of specific moments, but. Yeah. I mean, like, the only big time frame moment you can really think about is, like, the fact that this all happened inside the space of, like, a year, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, because of like, the fact that it came back around to April when the lie was told and all of that. Yeah. I also, did like... Talk- I liked how they kind of turned... Or, or brought the whole show around with the... Oh, here's the lie I told in April. And it's that I wanted to get with what's-his-name. Or it's, I had a crush on what's-his-name. I know I think. Yeah. Who's a great character, by the way. I loved him. He's fun. He's what a nice... He's another one of those, like, light, fluffy characters... Pure himbo, by the way, which is probably why I love him so much. It's One of those pure characters baby. who's got no bad bones in his body other than... Actually, I won't say he's got no bad bones in his body. He treats women pretty poorly in this, this series. But he just seems like a very light character to bring the lightness of the show. And then you let your guard down and then they, they kick you in the shin. Do you, you think what he never tried to Daycare because he knew that Kose had feelings? No, he definitely actually tried. There's no I think, like, at first, right? Yeah, but there's like, no way. Well, especially because Subaki wouldn't have told him. Subaki would have let him. No, I, I why did he pick up from Kose that he had feelings? He definitely started to back off as oh, yeah. the rest of the show. And I yes. think he definitely picked up on it out of respect for his friend. 100%, but he didn't do it early. I think he no. still he tried oh, no. to. Yeah, that's just it. That that's what that was my thoughts on it because he definitely he moved on. 
Because Kusei was talking about it, and like they, they they tell you that like straight up to your face, where they're on the stairs, where Kusei thinks it's this big thing to be to tell Watari Watari, Watari, what well, wait what, Watari, 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 Watari. Yeah. I'm so white, man. Leave me alone. Dude, that's the best part. I'm usually the one who struggles. Yeah, right? I like turn tables. Regardless, when they tell, uh, what, I'm just gonna say Watari. I don't care. His game over, man. <laughs> I can't get this right. When Kusei tells him, I have a crush on Kaori, and he turns around and says, I know. And you can really place in the show, especially I'm assuming second walkthrough, or walkthrough. Uh, watch through. You'll be able to know almost immediately when he's just he starts because he's talking about dating other girls or texting other girls and messaging other girls and like he becomes a vessel to get Kusei to the hospital, which is fantastic yeah. in my opinion. It's so quaint and cute. I think my favorite thing is that, especially like with the group of friends, it's, it's like Subaki, Watari, and Kosei. The fact that they've been friends for so long. They just know each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that Kosei knows when Tsubaki's lying and hate and all that stuff, right? Or when um, Wadri knows when Kosei likes this girl, right? Or the fact that Wadri probably Loki already knew that Tsubaki loved Kosei, right? But like they just Kosei seem to like just have just know each other so well, mm-hmm. right? And like I'm saying that like a big revelation that like everyone can see from a mile away that Tsubaki loves Kosei. Oh yeah. Except for Tsubaki and Kosei. And Kosei. Yeah. I am pretty much out of thoughts. Head empty. Unless Head empty. either of y'all got, got some closing remarks. Getting an adamant no from Julia. I I think my closing remarks is just that. I love this show. Mm-hmm. It's it's easily my top three favorite anime, right? Like, is it melodramatic at times? Yeah. I didn't find it melodramatic. I found it like appropriately dramatic. Appropriately <laughs> dramatic. It's like I don't know. It's just I just it just connected with me, and I remember. I think I watched this show like the second year I started watching anime, right? And this was the first time I realized that anime could be a place that tells different stories. Because before July and April, like the stuff I used to watch were like just primarily shonen, right? That's just, that's such a huge thing with anime. Oh my god. I'm very glad Julia's kind of getting back into anime with this rather than, I guess, what would be the typical route. Yeah, where... like the typical route. You could... Whenever someone's like, oh, what anime should you watch? You always put out stuff like Attack on Titan, My Hero Academia. Like, always a big, heavy hitter, mm-hmm. like, action type stuff, right? But you, sometimes you realize you can tell really grounded, amazing stories. Mm-hmm. And any, leave some mark on you. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts for you, Julia? I, I mean, like you guys were saying, I fell out of watching animes. I've always come back to watching Inuyasha over and over again. I can watch that show until my dying breath. But you don't think of shows like this when you think about anime, I feel like. And so it's really, I feel like it was a really good show to get me to start getting back into anime. And so I'm like, I want to go watch shows that I have started and loved but never finished. So I'm like, I, 10 out of 10, I am still not okay. I still believe that I was dragged into this out of evil, but... <laughs> hey, you wanted your dub in Warzone. You got your dub in Warzone. We got that dub in Warzone. me 20. We just you built did... up a tab. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but, like, I am so happy I watched it mm-hmm. and didn't wait for the 22 dubs. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I think I have, I still only have one total. So, anyway, uh, staying on topic, I'm also glad you watched this anime. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you joined us on this episode because of it. But now, 
you are uh, to be punished for coming onto this episode with uh, my least favorite segment and Uchi's favorite segment, Does Jordo Know? Except this time, we're going to grill Julia on some questions. And nobody can see oh. me because I'm on a camera, but my hands are in the air. 90 Good. degrees at both Good. joints. You thought you could escape? Oh, no. I knew I was answering oh, questions, no. too. You are answering questions, too. It is wedding versus. Oh, hell yeah. It's I not a tournament arc. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. So way to show your, your whole whole ass mask off. I don't listen to the podcast. For one, rude. Uh, two. Uh, I spend ninety percent of my time on Warzone, and when I, the other ten percent is either at work or sleep. Okay, so listen to our podcast at work. Anyway, mm-hmm. now that I've yet again solved another problem facing burdening the earth of Julia not listening to our podcast. Context: Every week we do. Does Jordo know? Because I'm new to being a weave. I'm very new to the hobby, and so. Uchi has decided that he is going full uh, Uchi Senpai and laying out a quiz for me every episode. It's usually three or four questions, and then everybody can kind of guess at how many I get. But I guess since we're doing verses, how are you doing it this week, Uchi? Versus. I like that you like sat up in your chair and you're like, I can listen up, students. Because I was going to pull out like the the question, right? Both of y'all give an answer. And, okay, we start with this. For the date question, whoever's closer to the date gets the point. Okay. The other two are like answer, answer questions. So like, you either get them right or you get them wrong. Whoever, whoever cleans up with the most points at the end wins. Because with the date thing, it, can be, it will likely just be the tiebreaker. And if not, you're going to have to pull a question out of nowhere, Quizmaster. I will. All I right. don't know how, but I will. That's fine. All right, let's go. Question one. All right, question one. Name the year your Lion April manga debuted. 2011. Final answer. Final answer. Julia. 2012. Julia, right? Was it like on the dot? Was it 2011? On the dot, 2011. <clears throat> I thought I was going to get prices righted. I was very confident I was going to get prices righted. All right. All right. All right, question two. Question number two. Name one other manga by Noshi Akwari, the author of Your Lie in April. I'm not even talk to you about these questions because these are some these are some some biz. No yeah, chance of getting these right. I Is that for a bone? I'll put yeah. a bone. Yeah. One of the shows me reasons and Andy Sensei are watching in are watching the season. It's about soccer. Oh no. Yeah, let's see if you pay attention in the Discord. No, I don't. I have a job now. I, I can't pay attention. I you did, you say I good definitely... morning to everybody at least, so. Yeah, I, yeah. That's I enough. That. That's enough? I pay attention to that. I pay okay. attention to the like, blog. That's fair. <laughs> I'll just I, that. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, <sighs> we'll allow that. We'll make it easier. This last oh. question. Instead of asking, I must try to twist the question up a bit. You gotta, you gotta tell us the answer to the second one, though. Oh, okay. Uh, the answer to the second one, one of the manga he wrote is Farewell, My Dick Kramer. Can't even say it. Okay, I had to like, move away from the page, right? So like, my brain had to catch up. I'm sorry. Fine, I'm sorry. It's so you don't pay attention to your own discords. Yeah, because the Discord's there for y'all to become friends. I didn't recognize seeing it in my notification. I don't. I wouldn't have been able to tell you what it was. Fair. Okay. Question three. Question three. Just switch it up a little bit and make it a bit fair for you guys. Or just like hope it's a bit fair. For this one, I'm just looking for you guys to list as many shows from A1 Pictures. Because A1 Pictures animated your line April. So just list as many shows, and each show gets one point. Like, I need Andrews to do <laughs> these questions again. Yeah, I can't blame her. I cannot blame her. Not one bit. 
<laughs> we're new weebs. We're new weebs. And you're like, here. Uh, when did the manga debut? What did this author write? Like, bruh. I couldn't even what? answer what the name of fucking Jonathan Joestar's dog was. What is this nonsense? It's Danny, okay. by the way. No, I literally just told you wow. I watched Inuyasha on repeat. And you want me to... And then I watched this one anime and you want me to pull a bunch of shows out of my butt? I don't... What? How do you just spell Inuyasha? I, how do you not know how to spell Inuyasha? Spell Inuyasha for one point, Uchi. I-N-U-A hyphen. Y-A-S-H-A. It's a hyphen? Yes, it's a hyphen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, is this a restyling topic? Let me do it, your line April question. I don't know. Mm, Buster mm. has pulls up questions in the last second. Anyway. Well, it's not my fault you guys can't get any of the questions. Yeah, because we're I'm new weebs. We're not all... Was... Add Note Zero. I watched 12 episodes of Add Note Zero. Yeah, and that's by I Aaron Pictures. Saw that online. Give me more. Give me more things that I got wrong. Can't do, do it. I, yeah, can't do I love is war. No, I oh, I'm watching that right now. Okay. I don't really pay attention to the intros. That's the time I spent on my phone before I watched the episode. <laughs> that's what they're for, right? Like, I thought that's what the intros were for. I listen to the cool music. I watched the intro one time, and then, oh, it's the intro. I'm going to go be Twitter and be mad online. What's uh, the name of the second opening from Yeah, Live April? Okay, you know what? You may have a point in that we don't really know what we're talking about, so I want you to know that I'm mad at you. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> I think this is the last week of the No, it's not. We're doing it until the end of the season. I'm still going to be mad yeah. about it. <laughs> and we're going to do it next season, too, because I'm still going to be mad about it. I'm not going to get better at it, but I'm going to be mad about it. <laughs> but that... I think brings us to the conclusion of another episode of Jorah's Mark podcast, but this time featuring Julia. Featuring Julia, headlining it. Yes. Thanks again for joining us. It was a lot of fun. We'll, we'll see you on probably another episode in the next season because we're coming to the end of Core One. We're we're three three quarters done. Core One, and slowly we're going towards Core Two. Episodes left. Yeah, we going to tease them with what we have left? Or do they have to come back and listen? I don't know. If you got teasers ready, I'm, I'm willing to hear your, your teasers for the next episode. I mean, the next episode is Keep Your Hands Up, Eyes Again. I'm so excited for that one. Yeah. And then, you know what I just want to Don't say it. Jojo. 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 I was just going to say our namesake. But that's okay. That's fine. I like, I like the, the Jojo intro. That's fair. That's but again, thank you everybody for joining us. Thank you, Julia, for joining us. Uchi, as always, have an okay day. I'll have a great day. <laughs> Whoa, okay. That's what he gets <laughs> for so being bad. a buster quiz master. Goodbye, everyone. Have a good one. We'll see you next time. Yeah.